The following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show. Ready to get ready now, go Okay, thank you, Elvis. The day that Chucky Schumer said was as bad as Pearl Harbor, as, as, as bad as World War II. <sighs> to me, it was a great brouhaha. You know, and again, pray for Ashley uh, Babbitt's family. Uh, it was a terrible thing that happened to her. But there's more to talk about. I want to get. Uh, I've got to grab my bag back here with all of all of my notes, so we can get going on this. So I'm grabbing my notes, and we will get down to business. Quote unquote science deniers just get confirmation that this was all political after all, because you know we've been involved in this COVID thing for. Uh, going on a year now. It destroyed the economy, the best economy that we had going since the 1960s. And it was because Donald Trump came in and he cut regulations, he cut taxes, he got the government out of the way. And remember when uh, Obama was making fun of, of Trump back in 2016? Because Trump said, oh, we're going to have 3%, 4% uh, GDP growth gross domestic product and we had to make reservations to get into this place it's uh, Bobby Valentine's uh, uh, bar and he's got uh, bedding upstairs uh, really cool place you know real big sports bar got a million televisions all over the place and um, great place to uh, watch the games at but it just had a 25% capacity in there that place should have been packed all the seats should have been filled. There should have been, been standing room only to, to watch the games. Um, but it wasn't because of COVID. So I want to get do a little more getting into this uh, article here. Uh, let's see. These guys from Zero, Zero Hedge have detailed the controversy surrounding America's COVID case-demic. And the misleading results of the PCR test and its amplification procedure in the great detail uh, over the past few months. It says, as far back as October, we brought the world's attention to the COVID-19 case-demic and the disturbing reality of high cycle threshold uh, PCR tests being worse than useless as indicators of COVID-19. That was according to uh, PJ Media's Stacey Lennox. And it says, Biden will issue national standards like plexi, uh, plexiglass barriers in restaurants. He spoke about during the debate and pressure governors to implement mask mandates using the federal government's financial leverage. Which, uh, by the way, he did um, mandate masks to be worn. At all federal properties, you know, in in Washington and throughout the country. And after he gave that mandate, he went out and broke it with his whole family. You know, rules for me, 
rules for thee, but not for me. You know, his whole family went to the Lincoln Memorial, which is a federal, uh, you know, a federal um, property. And so, be, but by order of his diktat, they all should have been wearing masks, which, you know, I, I don't wear masks. I got a bandana, which I rarely. Even the New York Times published an article stating that as many as 90% of COVID-19 tests in three states were not indicative of active illnesses. In other words, they were picking up viral debris incapable of causing infection or being transmitted because the, the, the threshold, the cycle threshold of the PCR testing was amplified uh, too many times. Labs in the United States were using a cycle threshold of 37 to 40. That's, that's the measurement they give it. Epidemiologists interviewed at the time said that a, um, a cycle threshold of around 30 was probably more appropriate. This means that the CDC's COVID-19 standards for the PCR test would pick up an excessive number of false prom, uh, positives. Let's, let's state that again. The CDC's COVID-19 test you know, so what, there was 300 instead of 3,000? You know, it's terrible if you get, get sick or something, you know, but most, oh, it's so much fun being the bad guy. Uh, watch out. <laughs> I'm a deplorable. I'm a terrorist. Yep. And especially since I want freedom of speech and uh, freedom to be able to own guns, you know, keeping bare arms. Yeah, that's uh, that's written down somewhere, isn't it? Uh, according to uh, former President Obama, it's in the parchment somewhere. Yeah. Back to this article in the Times. Shortly before the New York Times article was published, the CDC revised its COVID-19 test recommendations, saying that only symptomatic patients should be tested. The media went insane. It, it, it needs to change. We need to grow a pair, you know. Um, used to be that, that uh, Americans were known... For the independent thinking, independent stands, you know, uh, being self-willed. But, you know, we've all just become a bunch of sheep. Um, and uh, it's like on top of the state house, you have the independent man there. And I think that should be changed. Change it just put a sheep up there with uh, with a mask on that's probably what we need and okay so let's take uh, a little break right here and when we come back i'll give out the numbers and keep on going and
The United States of Empire by James Dunn shows how the U.S. became a worldwide empire. It looks at the entry of the U.S. into both world wars. George Washington had warned us about entangling ourselves in European wars. Before World War I, the United States was not concerned with foreign conflicts. In World War I, we changed the balance of power in Europe. We went in to save the world for democracy. We expelled the German Kaiser and imposed our own idea of what Germany should look like. Propaganda painted the Kaiser as the evil Hun that was destroying civilization. So when the true barbarian rose to power, Hitler, how could we avoid being drawn in again? We saved Great Britain. Britain needed us again in World War II to save their bacon. We bought the hog. Now we are the empire. The book, The United States of Empire, in paperback, is available at Amazon.com. Here's author James Dunn to talk about his soon-to-be-printed next book. The King Philip's War in New England in 1675 defined the relations, for good or bad, between English settlers and Native Americans for centuries to come. Many of the battles are local to the Blackstone Providence area with long-forgotten memorials and grave sites. Smithfield was the Battle of Nipsichuk. The Battle of Sudbury in Sudbury, Mass. was a turning point. Mount Hope in Bristol, Rhode Island was the home of King Philip and the Wampanoag tribe. The Connecticut River Valley was a scene of many bloody encounters between the English and the Nipmuc tribe. South Kingston, Rhode Island, saw the Great Swamp Battle slash Massacre. One Englishman stands out in this brutal conflict. He dared to learn to fight like the Indians did and won the war for the English. He was Captain Benjamin Church in the book, Captain Benjamin Church and the King Philip's War. James Dunn of Dunn's Deal is producing his first video documentary. Here he is to tell you about the documentary that he has written. The Battle of Jutland is a sea battle in World War I that has long been forgotten, but it was instrumental in the start of that conflict. Most historians are familiar with the killing of Archduke Ferdinand in Serbia, claiming that that was the reason for the war. That was only a flashpoint. The naval buildup by Germany at the turn of the 20th century was the real reason for it. Germany dared to challenge Britain on the high seas. There was only one major naval battle in the war. The Battle of Jutland. Germany bested Britain, but still lost. Then they decided to re-engage in submarine warfare, something that was sure to bring the United States into the war. Watch for the documentary of a shrouded piece of history that shaped the 20th century. Okay, well, we're back. And, uh, oh, let me put the uh, phone numbers out there. They are 401-769-0600 and 401-766-1380. If you want to get in on uh, any of the 
conversation here. And Texas is a really interesting uh, example because uh, they, they were not doing uh, uh, many of the shutdowns. They weren't doing uh, mandated masks for a long time. And, and then there was pressure brought on the, um, on the governor there to bring them in. Uh, into the the COVID uh, testing and uh, the whole protocol, and there was uh, there was this uh, opinion put out by one of the judges down there, and he brought up some excellent points. He said a changed definition determining COVID nineteen cases is inflating the pandemic cases down in Texas. That was by uh, that was what County Judge Chris Hill had said. The count. Hello. Excellent. Yeah, welcome to Dunn's Deal. Hey, uh, yes. I I I don't know where it is, but there was a guy who had three gunshot wounds, <laughs> and they said it was COVID related. <laughs> COVID related. He died from COVID. Yes. What? And don't forget. Was that a call or a COVID? There, there, there was an elderly lady who fell down her stairs, and she died of course. Oh my God! No, just, just nonsense, nonsense. Any, well, you know what? I can't blame some. Of, I mean, I can, but I can't blame some of these hospitals because uh, they're like, well, we want to get paid, so all right. Uh, this guy just had a heart attack. Yeah, I was COVID related. Yeah, yeah, I, I have heard that uh, the hospitals are getting paid. I'm not quite sure where the money's coming from, whether it's CDC or the World it's Health Organization. Coming out of your back pocket, guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> isn't that where it always comes from? Oh, I'm yeah. telling you, this is ridiculous. Absolutely is. ridiculous. Yeah, so... so what we're you? all paying for. Oh, let's give another $3 trillion to everybody and anybody. Oh, all right, well, don't, don't forget we're spreading the money around the world, too. Yeah, $850 billion well, for uh, COVID aid and uh, the biggest and thing went that, to foreign countries. The biggest thing that ever drove me crazy is, is why do we pay for all these other countries? It's like, no, come on, keep the money in the United States. You're a racist. No. Yeah, that's it. Oh, we got racist. Oh, I gotta go to the next call, man. You, you are so racist. I can't believe it. Oh, oh, you don't. Want oh to my God, I'm a horrible person. You gotta get rid of me. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. If I if I had an atomic explosion, I'd blow you up. <laughs> oh, I gotta go to this God. next call. Thanks for calling, dude. <laughs> Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Okay, the other caller. What's on your mind here at Dunn's Deal? Hey, how you doing, Mr. Dunn? How you doing tonight? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Well, uh, there are some bad, you know, family issues, but, you know, uh, unfortunately, that's part of life. And no, it wasn't, it wasn't COVID. It was a heart attack. Yeah, notice how nobody's died of old age anymore either. <laughs> I mean, I, I think COVID... Uh, I, I think COVID cured old age. Yeah, I mean, you know, I yes. Mean, I mean, I got if somebody could jump out of a plane without a parachute, and they'd move having COVID. He died of COVID on the way down. Okay, yeah, my, the impact on the ground. Yes, <laughs> you beat me to it. I was going to say that impact was was kind of tough. That's that's secondary. Yes, but, uh, COVID. I, COVID I, 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 was I, I, the real killer. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like, uh, you know, he must have caught it when he was breathing the air as he was falling from 20,000 feet, you know. Well, he was yeah. he was on an airline with, without a mask, and the stewardess just kicked him out, you know. Open the door no, it, and just let, let yeah, the air suck him right out. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, sure. Yeah, the, the airlines will be doing that next, you know. Uh, uh, he oh, didn't yeah, have oh, his oh. COVID test. He must oh, be yeah, ejected. Fine. <laughs> yep, and then you can have your uh, COVID certificate that you get the vaccine. Yeah, talk about, you know, you might as well be a Jew in Auschwitz and get a tattoo on your arm. You know what I mean? It's, Do uh, you have yeah. your papers on you? Have you tested yeah, positive yeah. for COVID lately? Yeah, oh yeah, that's where we're heading. Oh, and you are. <laughs> what do you think your buddy Biden in the first 24 hours? My, my buddy? 70, <laughs> well, wax over 70,000 jobs. Okay. Uh, signs an executive order to release all these uh, illegal aliens, and a lot of them are in there for not just crossing the border illegally. They're in there for a reason, like murder, rape, you know, MS-13 gang members, maybe. Uh, See, you know, got another racist here. All these oh, racists calling oh, in. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's got this caravan I'll bring your COVID and all the other good diseases that they're bringing up. They're not wearing any masks. I, you know, they, they, oh, one or two of them. One or, one or two of them did. You know, the, the the journalist probably gave it to me. Oh, I, you got to wear this if I interview you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, and, and and Biden, you know, he's sitting there signing these executive orders. They're piled up on his desk in little uh, folders or little. Uh, uh, Whatever, you know, and he, he doesn't know, he probably doesn't even know what he's signing half the time, you know, he's just rubber stamping it. He's the Democrats' puppet, and he's also the Chinese puppet. He's signing these things. Like Nancy Pelosi could be sitting there saying, hey, sign this, Mr. President. This is a good one. Yeah, just, just put your, and, and he's like, what am I signing here? You know, get, come on, man. And she's not going to describe it. It's, you have some ice cream out of my freezer. Oh, yeah, okay, man, I'll have to let him say that. And it could be his death warrant. You're not only a racist, you're aged. You've got a problem with dementia-addled, you know, stealing presidents. You know? He's going to stop building the wall. You know, that killed a lot of other jobs. Yep. Stop the Keystone Pipeline. You know, that's going to... That's strange. Wait a minute, but the Democrats are the party of labor. They care about the working people. No, they don't. They care about the welfare people. Okay, they want to pe- keep they them They care under about their, their own food. welfare. How much money is Xi Jinping uh, putting in yeah. their back pocket? Oh, of course, of course. You know, I mean, and, you know, China, and Biden, you know, before he says, well, I'm going to hold China accountable. You know, man, that, that, that's the thing, you know? And, and he's not going to hold them accountable. Oh, heck no. Yeah. Oh, heck no. Once he lifts those sanctions, not sanctions, uh, tariffs from China, you know, we're going to just be right in the back in the, the Obama era, if not worse. And on top of that, a pandemic that he really has no plan to do because he's just riding on the coattails of Trump, who, the infrastructure he's set into place. So, but no, no, to the Democrats. Oh, Biden is our Lord and Savior. He saved us from the. COVID, hallelujah! Now yep. he didn't do squat. He just sat there and rubber stamped um, his uh, signature on uh, on executive orders that he probably didn't even read. Oh no! Okay, not he at can, all. He, you know. Uh, I tell yep, you, hey, bye take, now. It, take it easy, man. Bye bye. Yep, bye.
Okay. I'm going to get back to this thing in uh, Texas because it really underscores um, the, manip- the manipulation of all this COVID counting. Um, it goes into how they determine what a uh, COVID case is going to be. And there's some uh, clinical data in there, which um, which is accurate. You know, do, do you have symptoms? Yeah, you've got symptoms. Okay, that's good. But uh, included in some of the criteria is at least two of the following symptoms are present. Headache, sore throat, fever, measured or subjective. Fever measured or subjective. So if you're a hypochondriac and you have a headache, you're going to be you're going to be a covid case. It it continues chills, rigors, malaysia or new olfactory and taste disorders. Another one is at least one of the following are present: cough, shortness of breath or difficulty breathing. And the third category here, you have patient has severe respiratory illnesses, uh, either uh, clinical, radiological evidence of pneumonia or acute respiratory uh, distress syndrome. Um, I'd throw flu in there, too. Oh, have you noticed that um, that local news was making a big deal about how we didn't have a double pandemic this year? We were safe. Everything was good because we didn't get hit with the flu at the same time as we're dealing with COVID. Well, the reason is flu uh, cases or flu deaths are counted as COVID. Same with pneumonia. They get counted as, you know, you, you might have know someone that got pneumonia and, of course, the doctor is treating it as pneumonia, but it will be counted for the records as COVID. Uh, um, Lastly, this is the judge down in Texas again, and this is symptomatic of what's going on throughout the whole country and here in Rhode Island. Lastly, the state is also changing the manner in which COVID-19 related deaths are reported. Currently, a death in our community is reported as as COVID-19 only if the laboratory test has been completed and confirmed. Okay, a completely logical thing. You do the laboratory test and it comes out as COVID, fine, they've got COVID. Under the new uh, DSHS, which is the um, Texas health care system, under the new guidance, any individual whose death certificate lifts COVID-19 as a cause of death or significant condition contributing to death, even when no uh, confirmation from the laboratory testing was performed, will be included in COVID-19 death totals. So the counts are being manipulated we're destroying our economy out of fear. Oh, and uh, kind of running out of time on this issue. Uh, let's see, we did the um, uh, the new uh, face mask policy from the from the White House. Oh, gee whiz! Looks like I lost one of my articles I was going to bring up. 
But talking about uh, deaths, Hank Aaron passed away over the weekend. Shortly after he had gotten his um, uh, COVID-19 uh, test, um, not the test, the, the vaccine. He got the vaccine. He was proud to get the vaccine because he wanted to show uh, African-American people that they had no reason to fear the vaccine. Uh, he was 85 years old. Oh, here we go. And he still looked pretty strong. He looked healthy. Usually an 85-year-old, you know, they're, they're kind of withered, shriveled, you know, not making fun of older people. That just happens. But um, he said, he, Aaron said he hopes his willingness to receive COVID-19 vaccine will inspire black Americans to do the same. It didn't help him. And I, I heard some rumors that he'd gotten the second uh, dose of it, and that's what did him in. But um, we'll talk more about the COVID vaccine in the weeks to come. Uh, I don't trust it. Mr. Trump put it out there, but it's one thing that he did that I don't trust. Anyhow, let me see how I can do this. Hey, we'll do a little more bloody blah die. Can never get enough of that one. author James Dunn to talk about his soon-to-be-printed next book. The King Philip's War in New England in 1675 defined the relations, for good or bad, between English settlers and Native Americans for centuries to come. Many of the battles are local to the Blackstone Providence area with long-forgotten memorials and grave sites. Smithfield was the Battle of Nipsichuk. The Battle of Sudbury in Sudbury, Mass. was a turning point. Mount Hope in Bristol, Rhode Island was the home of King Philip and the Wampanoag tribe. The Connecticut River Valley was a scene of many bloody encounters between the English and the Nipmuc tribe. South Kingston, Rhode Island, saw the Great Swamp Battle slash massacre. One Englishman stands out in this brutal conflict. He dared to learn to fight like the Indians did and won the war for the English. He was Captain Benjamin Church in the book, Captain Benjamin Church and the King Philip's War. James Dunn of Dunn's Deal is producing his first video documentary. Here he is to tell you about the documentary that he has written. The Battle of Jutland is a sea battle in World War I that has long been forgotten, but it was instrumental in the start of that conflict. Most historians are familiar with the killing of Archduke Ferdinand in Serbia, claiming that that was the reason for the war. That was only a flashpoint. The naval buildup by Germany at the turn of the 20th century was the real reason for it. Germany dared to challenge Britain on the high seas. There was only one major naval battle in the war, the Battle of Jutland. Germany bested Britain, but still lost. Then they decided to re-engage in submarine warfare, something that was sure to bring the United States into the war. Watch for the documentary of a shrouded piece of history that shaped the 20th century. 
The United States of Empire by James Dunn shows how the U.S. became a worldwide empire. It looks at the entry of the U.S. into both world wars. George Washington had warned us about entangling ourselves in European wars. Before World War I, the United States was not concerned with foreign conflicts. In World War I, we changed the balance of power in Europe. We went in to save the world for democracy. We expelled the German Kaiser and imposed our own idea of what Germany should look like. Propaganda painted the Kaiser as the evil Hun that was destroying civilization. So when the true barbarian rose to power, Hitler, how could we avoid being drawn in again? We saved Great Britain. Britain needed us again in World War II to save their bacon. We bought the hog. Now we are the empire. The book, The United States of Empire, in paperback, is available at Amazon.com. Welcome back to Dunn's Deal here at WNRI. Let me put the uh, phone numbers out again. The, that would be 401-769-0600 and 401-766-1380. Okay, we're talking economics uh, here. And um, uh, I, w- I want to get off of the COVID issue for a while, but the uh, the false president, the fake president, is going to do a number, as one of the callers before had said about how he has gotten rid of the uh, the Exxon, the um, Keystone, excuse me, Keystone Pipeline, Pipeline. <laughs> Take one. The Keystone Pipeline. He got rid of that, and that was going to bring tons of of oil into this country from Canada. Going to be a lot of, uh, of well-paying jobs and would mean cheap energy for the United States. There's another thing that deals with energy and uh, killing jobs that that the false president wants to be involved in, and that is the Paris, um, let me get this right, the Paris Climate Agreement. And Donald Trump had taken us out of that because it's an effort to reduce our uh, carbon emissions by 25%. In other words, reduce our use of energy by 25% in order to save to save the, the, the polar bears, to save the moose, to save the world, because we're all going to be drowning as the polar ice caps melt. Well, it's, it's a messed up thing. I've got, I've got a printout here from the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, and its goal is to limit global warming to well 
well below 2, preferably 1.5 degrees Celsius compared to pre-industrial levels. So when they say pre-industrial levels, they're probably talking like before 1850 or something like that. Or maybe the 1900s. They, <laughs> they want to return us to the days of the horse and buggy. Which, by the way, we were burning a heck of a lot of coal and kerosene in those days. I'm sure that wasn't too good for the environment. Okay, to achieve this long-term goal, countries aim to reach global peak of greenhouse gas emissions as soon as possible to achieve a climate neutral by mid-century. And let's see. Implementation of the Paris Agreement requires economic and social transformation. <laughs> That's nice. Who is the UN to put requirements on the United States for economic and social transformation? Really? We're going to have a bunch of kleptocrats that, that hate the United States? No, I'm not talking about Democrats in Congress. I'm talking about the UN. You know, and they want to reduce our power. Like my book that I uh, advertise on here, I claim that we are an empire, that we have uh, inherited, absconded, uh, wound up with the empire that Great Britain once had because we got involved in both World War One and World War Two. We are... We are the ones now that project our force in the world, for good or for bad, to uh, keep commerce open, to keep the world safe for democracy, to take a line out of the World War I propaganda. Um, and that's what Great Britain had done at that time. As the empire, as the top dog, uh, everybody else is aiming at you and wants to cut you down. And that's what this is all about. This is the U.N. cutting down the United States' position as leader in the world, leader in economics, leader in energy production, um, you know, leader in standard of life. And we've done that because we've got, we've got free markets and we've got uh, capitalist competition here in this country. Well, that's going to go by the wayside because we've got socialism on, on the rise. You know, not creeping socialism anymore. We've got out-and-out out socialism coming in um, with, with the lockdowns, with this Paris Climate uh, Agreement. And according to this agreement, we've got to cut down on, on our use of energy because energy produces carbon and carbon supposedly goes up in the air and by the way carbon we're talking carbon dioxide which is plant food and photosynthesis um, plants take in carbon dioxide and they breathe out oxygen you know so we've got to stop feeding the plants okay let's see in the NDCs. I forgot what the NDC was. Uh, would probably help. Uh, nationally determined... Oh, I didn't complete that whole paragraph there. Implementation of the Paris Agreement would require economic and social transformation based on the best available science. Yeah, right. 
They want to steal from us. The Paris Agreement works on a five-year cycle of increasingly ambitious climate action carried out by countries. In other words, we've got increasingly less in our ability to produce our own energy, to our, our own oil, to stop using fracking, to, you know, oh, coal, forget coal. No such thing as clean burning coal. And None of these environmentalists want to use nuclear energy either. That is the cleanest form of, of energy. And you could replace coal-burning um, you know, plants with nuclear. And that would take care of a tremendous amount of, of, of energy. But <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> the point isn't increasing our energy with with new technologies it's to go back to the old technologies go back to pre-industrial times go back to the horse and buggy whip and hey, wait a minute isn't cow flatulence one of the things that's that's driving um co2 emissions i mean it is methane i don't know how methane and co2 relate um but if if we go back to horse and buggy, won't there be be more horse flatulence, and wouldn't that be the same as cow flatulence? So how's that going to save the planet? I don't know. So did I? Okay, by twenty twenty, countries submit their plans for climate action, known as nationally determined contributions. Isn't that nice? We we contribute nationally. To whom? And what do you mean we're going to contribute? Oh, boy. The Paris Agreement provides framework for financial, technical, and capacity building to support the countries who need it. The Paris Agreement reaffirms that developing countries should take the lead in providing financial assistance to countries that are less endowed and more vulnerable. While for the first time also encouraging voluntary contributions by other parties. Yeah, just like um, uh, in Europe with, with NATO. Donald Trump went over there and he just P.O.'d all the people in NATO because he was demanding they pay what they were supposed to pay. Pony up your share. We're not going to going to be funding this whole thing. But you know what? I've got a funny feeling that we are going to be funding everything for everybody else. And you know what? I bet you there's a lot of people in Congress that would be happy with that, happy to send our taxpayer money elsewhere. Um, again, look at that, uh, the, the COVID relief bill. They were going to give us some relief, but they've relieved foreign countries. Oh, boy. Okay, it looks like we've got a caller on line one. So hang on and go. Go, caller. What's on your mind? Two things. Yes. First of all, uh, Biden believes in abortions, and we're sending money to other countries to handle their abortions. And yep. he's supposed to be 
the most religious president we've had in 50 years. Says who? <laughs> Isn't that something? Uh, Catholic that believes in abortions. Uh, now, a lot of them do. Nancy Pelosi, uh, Ted Kennedy when he was around. Um, uh, I can't think of the other ones right now, but yeah. Hypocrisy that, knows no bounds in Washington. No, I know. Now, as far as global warming, I wish somebody could get the answer where years ago, during the Ice Age, big boulders, that the ice was melting, and big boulders came all the way down as far as here in Wasaka, the Purgatory Chasm. No kidding. So That was made by uh, glaciers? Because of the ice melting what that went on years ago. Oh. Yep. Well, so, well, we could go into a mini ice age again. You know, we, we went through a mini ice age around the founding of this country. I mean, things, things were a lot colder then, but the, the earth warms up, it cools down. They used to uh, grow uh, uh, champagne grapes in uh, England for a while because there was a warming period. I forget when it was, 1300s or something like that. But there was a warming period that allowed uh, Great Britain to be able to grow grapes as well as southern France does, um, you know. So the, I think the climate changes, you know, all the time. Oh, yes, it definitely does. And I think one reason is as the earth rotates, it also can't think of the other way, but it goes like upside down a little, whatever you call it. Well, I wouldn't say upside down, but it wobbles a little bit. It's not yeah. it's not a perfect uh, rotation. No, so, you, yeah. so, you know, this, this global warming business is so full of baloney, it's pathetic. Oh, but yeah. anyways, have a good night. Thank you very much for the call. You have a great night as well. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye now. Okay. Well, I'm running down out of time. Funny how that the second issue always kind of gives a short shrift. So um, I've got a, a couple of, of one-liners here uh, for global warming. Oh, here we go. One of our biggest climate hoaxers, former Vice President Al Gore, predicted in 2006 as he was uh, hyping his BS, but nevertheless Oscar-winning documentary, and Inconvenient Truth, that unless we took drastic measures to reduce greenhouse gases, then the world would reach a point of no return within a decade. Um, yeah, so that he said that back in 2006. He was predicting by um, by 2016 that we'd reach a point of no return, and now it's 2021, and we're doing we're doing pretty good. And let me see if I've got time for one more little little thing there. And real, it's little. So. Okay, let's see. In March 2000, a writer 